Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of FanBite's patented, officialized, real, definitely selected uh, by committee uh, to be the thing that we do now. Review by committee. By committee, we're yeah. the committee. It's us, just the Hellfire Hell Energy Committee. Mm, yeah, the Hell Priest <laughs> Committee. Uh, that's it, Hell Priest. <laughs> Uh, yeah. that, because that's what you fight at the beginning of Doom Eternal, a new game from Bethesda. No, well, technically it's from yeah. id Software, but Bethesda yeah. publishes it. Yeah. Uh, but it is not the same folks making it as make Fallout and The Elder Scrolls or anything like that. Just that's correct. It's not Bethesda Gameworks. It's no. Bethesda published, id Software developed. Yes. Yeah, mother approved. Mother approved. Uh... <laughs> Stephen, happy International Day of New Hampshire. I just wanted to to tell you that. Thank you. Just want you, to uh, know that. you know, I've never like I was just telling you before this podcast, I've never been to New Hampshire, but it's good to know that they have their own day, that they're big enough to get such a thing. Oh. I'm very impressed. I'm very happy for them. And you know what there's a lot of in New Hampshire? Hmm. Cacodemons. Oh yeah. okay. Is just that like the this game. Yeah. Yeah. Just like this game, Doom Eternal, I should say that I am Steven Strum, Managing Editor of Fanbyte.com, and I am joined this week, or this time, I guess, this isn't on a weekly schedule, it's a review podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm joined by uh, Editor-in-Chief, I'm just going to say Editor-in-Chief, Danielle Riendo. Thank you! I, I think I'm technically, like, Editor-in-Chief-elect, or Editor-in-Chief-to-be, mm. editor <laughs> mm-hmm. <Okay>. something like that. <laughs> Uh, but thank you. Uh, it feels nice uh, to have my official title, uh, mm-hmm. you know, be a thing that we that we can all talk about. And I'm also super excited to hear about Doom Eternal because it is currently downloading on my Xbox right now. Ooh. Like it's, it's oh. I'm seeing the the little line go through. So soon I will be able to rip and tear. But you spent a pretty decent amount of time, it sounds like, uh, in this wonderful hell dimension, and uh, I'm excited to hear about it. Well, it's interesting that you say in this wonderful hell dimension, because much like the original Doom 2, this being a sequel to Doom 2016, the game that was just called Doom, the original (laughs) Doom 2, which was a sequel to another game just called Doom, was called Doom 2 Hell on Earth. Oh, yes. This game also takes place on Earth, again, Mm. mostly. Kinda. It's, uh, well, it's ill-explained, and I think that's (laughs) maybe intentional. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if people remember the original, nope, not the original Doom, Doom 2016, <laughs> yeah. la, la, the last Doom game, the last, of, well, that's not true either, because the VR thing came out. Right. The last official Doom game uh, that I The recognized. last main series, I guess? Yeah, there you Doom? go. <laughs> yeah, Doom 2016, people know what we mean. Yeah. Uh, that took place entirely on Mars. Much like a lot of the Doom games do, Doom 1 and Doom 3 and such like that. This one, if you remember how the original Doom ended, it was basically Doom Guy, the Doom Slayer, as we learned he was called, got put on ice, got put into some kind of stasis box type thing, similar to how he wakes up at the beginning of that game by one Samuel Hayden, in this case, a big robot man who sounds like Lance Henriksen, but I'm pretty sure is not actually Lance Henriksen, (laughs) even though Lance Henriksen will show up for anything, uh, and has also played robots. I mean, that's true. Yeah. Undeniable. Yeah. All, all true facts. That's what you get on fanbyte.com. Yes, facts. true facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Factbyte.com. <laughs> this is completely off the rails, but that's perfect for us. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, that game ended with you kind of going on ice. Doom Eternal opens with you uh, kind of in media res, really. It's Doom Guy on a big giant floating fortress that is orbiting Earth called the Fortress of Doom. That is not explained where you got that whatsoever, unless maybe maybe that's explained in Doom VFR, and I just don't know it, um, or some comic, but I don't think so. And yeah. you, you start off the game, uh, Earth is being invaded by hell, it is being consumed, I think the literal term they, they do is like the uh, hellification of Earth is underway, <laughs> uh, mo- most of the population is dead, billion, de- you know, death toll in the billions, humanity tried to fight back and wasn't able to do it, so they have fallen back into a limited number of safe spaces. The UAC, the evil corporation that is kind of at the heart of most of the Doom games at this point is just openly run by demons, um, Good. it's like a, yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, you are going through different, like, like blowed-up malls and stuff like that, and there are, like, holographic ad projections of these, like, smiling lady being like, don't worry, you know, don't think about the future. To suffer is the present. And, like, very <laughs> chipper, uh, corporatized messages about how everyone's souls are being consumed by the demons. And the Earth is being uh, <laughs> overrun by a super gore nest. You know, it's very Wait, a metal. super gore nest? Super gore nest, yeah. What is that? Is that Al Gore? What is what's mm-hmm. going on with that? Yeah, it's basically the demon's version of the internet. So Oh, good. Good. Yeah, I'm glad that they have nest. that. It makes sense that they would have that. Yeah. Right. You know, demons gotta communicate. Demons mm-hmm. gotta share their fanfic of the Doom Guy with each De- other. They've gotta have their Tumblr. You know, yeah. demon Tumblr, it's not very different, you know, it's fine. They still have the porn though. Of course, of course. I mean, it's yeah. a slightly better Tumblr at this point, but yeah. <laughs> there you go, exactly. <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah, and I'm kind of struggling to think of what else to say besides the like basic premise of the game, because it's very similar to the previous Doom. Um, cool. Which is good, right? Yeah. Like, you, you played a ton of the original Doom, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't Did you... actually beat it. I, I realized this is one of those times where I go back and I think about my fond memories of the thing, and then I realize, oh, I got to, like, I think the last third probably... Uh, And just didn't finish it. And not because I wasn't enjoying it. It was one of those situations. Something else called me off. You know, I had to play something else for work or something else happened. And I'm a little sad about that. But I'm hoping to not have uh, the same circumstance here. I'm hoping to just get through in a, you know, not get through as if I'm suffering through it. But like, you know, have a merry time all the way through. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And I think you will have a pretty good time because it is a pretty damn good Doom game uh, right off the bat. I will say you kind of... The premise type stuff maybe doesn't hit me as strongly as it did in the first Doom. I don't know how much you remember about the tone of that game necessarily. Yeah, it was very, I, it was very Mortal Kombat to me, uh, yeah. where it was like very tongue in cheek. There was, you know, I I very clearly remember the like hell guy, corporate guy, being like, "Oh, j- don't worry, your hell energy is X, Y, and Z." Like in the you know sort of factory level towards the beginning of the game, and sure. I remember being very amused by that so yeah very tongue-in-cheek very like wildly over the top but in a very kind of smiling way so yeah 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 it one of the very defining moments of that game for me is the beginning of the game where samuel hayden the kind of hmm, semi-good guy like unclear necessarily where his loyalties lie the big robot guy who runs the evil corporation but is not on the side of the demons either so he's kind of helping you throughout that game or attempting to help you and 
at the very beginning of that game, he basically tries to give you the lore set up for, like, what's going on on that planet on on Mars at the time, after yeah. Doom Guy has woken up from, like, 10,000 years in stasis or something like that, and he's on this, like, computer monitor talking to you, explaining, like, you have to understand, this has happened because of blah blah blah, and Doom Guy just punches the monitor and doesn't let him finish <laughs> explaining the story of the game. <laughs> good. Which is very good to me. Uh, this game... Doom Eternal feels like it, it leans actually way harder into its own lore. I don't know if you remember the the lore about the like uh, Night Sentinels and the Doom Slayer a and the little? Betrayer. Just yeah. a little, just a little. I'm only kind of vaguely aware of all that stuff. There's a lot more of it. In, there wasn't much of it in the first Doom, so there's not actually a lot to remember. There's a lot, 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 lot more of that in Doom Eternal. <laughs> okay, um, okay, yeah. And how do you feel uh, about that? I don't like it as much as I like the just very, like, Doom guy punching his way through every single problem, no matter how <laughs> complex or, like, morally ambiguous the game tries to make it appear to be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the whole, like, we, we started fracking hell and, like, well, we need the energy to continue surviving. And Doom guy just doesn't give a fuck about any of that. Yeah. Uh, and Samuel Hayden, I thought, like, worked it very well as a foil to that throughout that game because his entire reaction to Doom guy all the time was, like, I will push Doom Guy in the right direction whenever I can and whatever I need to. And if he doesn't listen to me, or if he just breaks the fucking thing that I gave him, like the big weird super weapon or whatever, or the big, you know, reactor that we need to survive or whatever, Samuel Hayden was always just like, well, moving on to plan B, C, D, E, F, G. Like, he always just had like a contingency and just plan took it in B, stride. Plan B, F, G. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Plan mm -hmm. B, F, G. There we go. <laughs> uh. No, that's no. You did it. You got I it. Did it. <laughs> we had to get there eventually. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. And instead, in this one, they go from way more of a heavy metal, the animated movie kind of vibe. Sure. I think through a lot of it. And to me, that kind of comes across like they maybe didn't understand exactly what worked about the first game. I think that they maybe took the message like, ah, oh, people love the love the story and like world that we created here. Why did they like it? Well, not well. Let's not interrogate that too much. Let's just do more <laughs> of the story and let, let's have way, way, way more of the story and world that we had. Yeah. And I think it's still fine. I think it's still okay. But I just don't think it quite hits the same highs as early on as the original mm, Doom twenty sixteen did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. That makes sense. But but it you know it's a good looking game. Demons blow up real nice. Their designs are really cool. I like to see... I still... There is still a certain magic to me of seeing mega textures, super HDR, crazy rendered versions of those old sprites from that original game. Like, yeah. oh, that's what a Hell Knight looks like. That's what a that's what a uh, Pinky looks like. Ah, uh, weird. Yeah, that, that is basically just what a Pinky looked like in that game. You didn't even try to make it, like, different. That's interesting. Yeah. And there's something kind of cool about that. Uh, totally. And this is this is a, a slight tangent, but I, I hope it's it's not too far off the beaten path. There's something very much about that, about the fact that this is bringing all those very old aesthetics and kind of not old gameplay, but that idea of like everything's just hyper violence. Yeah. Uh, there's something very interesting to me that this and Animal Crossing are out on the same <laughs> day, and they're both absolutely comfort food in just radically different ways. And right. There's something about Doom that is really, really ultimate comfort food, and that hyper violent, 
doesn't take itself very seriously, video game ass video game uh, kind of thing. And I and I guess I kind of wondering and and to pose it as a question is that kind of enough right now, or is that enough for you to enjoy this like very you know mac and cheese kind of <laughs> you know sort of comfort food? So I don't even know that this one really is that as okay. much as the last one was. I was going to sure. say first one again. <laughs> But the thing about Doom Eternal is that it's way harder, I, th- I feel, like, compared to Doom 2016, because I usually play Doom games on ultraviolence. I think that's just kind of the, like, canonical Doom difficulty that you're supposed to play at, which is, like, one harder than normal, I think. Sure. If I'm not mistaken, this game has, like, seven different difficulty levels and then, like, two tiers where it'll be, like, pick your difficulty level, and then on top of that you can pick, like, do you play in hardcore mode or do you play in this other weird mode that deletes your save? Oh, wow. That sort of thing. Yeah. And... Even on just ultra-violence with normal rules regarding, like, you know, leveling... Uh, not leveling up. Uh, one-ups, like, your your health that you can get your, your sure. uh, lives. Because this game just has lives in it now. That's a new thing from... Compared to Doom 2016 is you can just, like, get a free life. And if you die, you just come back with, like, a limited amount of health. Sure. Which is kind of a cool dynamic. They, they, just, they lean really hard into the whole concept of just, like, classic-ass video game. Like, the way that, like, health pickups will be scattered around a level are just, like, ultra-unnatural. They just look like they were pulled straight out of the original Doom uh, from the 90s. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's just like, ah, here's seven health bottles all just in a row next to each other. And you just run through them and it goes, chung, 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 chung. <laughs> and there's something yeah. deeply satisfying about that in a very comfort-foody kind of way. Yeah. But... Because the game is so much more difficult, I think, and more combat puzzly and leans way harder into that, I think it's comforting in the sense that your brain is not... <laughs> your brain is in a different mode when you're playing Doom right now than it is when you are probably, you know, looking outside the, your window and realizing that the world is on fire. Uh, <laughs> for real, as opposed yeah. to in Hellfire. Because yeah. uh, you, you just have no time to think in uncertain terms. Like, you have to just be constantly like nope pick up the shotgun bullets fire it at this pinky do a double jump flip over this guy fire at this weak point that's so that actually actually one of the big big major changes in terms of gameplay i know i said the game's not tremendously different but there are some pretty subtle differences one thing that they go way harder on in doom eternal is weak points is a is a big thing and what that will be like if you know if you're familiar well you mentioned the caco demon earlier yeah. It's kind of the, one of the earliest ones they introduce. You can get a mod for your shotgun that allows you to shoot a grenade out of your shotgun. And if you shoot that at a Kako Demon, Kako Demon, big floating, like, beholder-looking, like, ball with an eye, <laughs> one, one big eye in the center, uh, you shoot it into its mouth, and then it eats it, and then it burps, and then it's like, ooh, you know, it makes the, you know, classically, like, when you shoot a grenade into somebody's mouth, they go, ooh. Yeah, the classic grenade sound, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And they float there up in the air, they're open to a glory kill, which in Doom parlance is your version of a finishing attack. You go up, hit the action button, and then you, uh, in the case of Demons, stab a sort of wrist blade into their eyeball, and it pulls the eyeball out with the most Mickey Mouse sounding ass, like, whoop! Like, like I helium can't, I can't, like, balloon kind of shit? Boop. Yeah, it's just like a <laughs> popping sound, like a, like a cartoony rubbery pop of a balloon, and then uh, they're dead, and you don't have to deal with them anymore because you hit their weak point in that way. Or, 
if it's like a Mancubus, which is like this big kind of golemy guy with two giant rocket launchers for arms, you can shoot the rocket launcher and the rocket launcher will explode off of its body and it can't attack with that rocket launcher anymore. It's like straight up weaker. Or an Arachnotron has like a big grenade launcher on its back. If you can shoot that off, it can't do that anymore and it'll have to come at you melee where it's way, way less effective. Um, and so there's a lot of constant battle mitigation in that way in this kind of combat puzzly type way if you play halo it's like ah i take out the little guys first so i can focus on the big guy or i've got the big guy isolated i'll take him down doom does a lot of that but also has this weak point system where you're constantly like trying to make sure that like okay i don't have the bullets or the time or the attention span to deal with this arachnotron right now i'll just shoot his grenade launcher off and I know for the next 15 seconds he's not going to be a problem for me because he's going to have to run up on me to do anything, and then I can just do a double dash out of there or double jump off of this ledge, and then he can't do shit. Um, and it's straight up like the game has a codex in it where it will just describe different demons as like, ah, this is a pressure demon. It's a demon that tries to get up close to you like a, you know, like a high-pressure character in a fighting game, yeah. and it is going to try to melee you to death. So you want to knock this thing off of it so that it doesn't do that anymore or if it does it barely damages you anymore so then you can get glory kills which refill your health and so on and so forth and that stuff i think still works it worked well in doom 2016 just the like interplay of managing your ammo and the glory kills to get health back but now they've like built the entire game around that and fleshed it out so much more with a bunch of different options that it's very very satisfying even if it is incredibly hectic at the same time that's that sounds both really fun and also slightly disturbing in uh not disturbing it's more like hmm does this mean i should play on a baby difficulty just so mm. i don't get frustrated and mad or is is my my brain and my hands are they just ready for this right now i might just be ready for this right now it's possible i mean if the crucible of the real world has done anything it's probably prepare you for this right <laughs> it's prepared me for doom eternal mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's prepared me for hell on earth yeah hell on earth has prepared me for hell on earth yeah i i mean honestly a little bit right uh and actually it's interesting you bring that up too because even if you play on ultra violence or harder difficulties i'm not sure if it's the same way with the extra extra hard difficulties but at least with ultra violence i got to a boss fight shortly before this shortly before we started recording this discussion yeah where uh, i had to fight uh i think i'm allowed well the game is out so I, i'm pretty sure i can just say yeah, it. Just right? minor very minor spoiler for anybody who cares about doom lore but a doom hunter which is a classic doom kind of mini boss boss enemy type shows up as a boss fight in this game and during that fight, I finally died enough times in a row. I had died up to that point but you, during certain encounters, but it was usually once, maybe twice. This time I died a lot yeah. because the Doom Hunter fight is fucking difficult. And then once you beat the Doom Hunter, it instantly teleports you into a new arena and it's and like a voice says, we're not done yet. Uh, <laughs> one of the help priests says, we're not done yet. And then it spawns two Doom Hunters to come attack you at the Incredible. same time. Incredible. Incredible. It was the most... Merit made a joke earlier today about how she was playing on Ultraviolence as well and how this is like, now she finally understands Dark Souls people. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. That, to me, the whole, like, you beat the boss, and it you know, what your reward is for beating the boss is you have to fight that same dude again, but two of them at the exact same time. <laughs> that was the most Dark Souls-ass fucking moment that this game has ever thrown at me. Yeah. And it was great, honestly. I loved it. But one thing that happened was I died a bunch. And when you die enough, this is a thing that other games do 
in different ways, but I think this game does it in a somewhat unique way, which is when you die enough, it asks you if you want to, like, equip this sentinel armor uh, hmm. sort of thing. Okay. It's basically, like, kind of a handicap mode, and it, like, tells you right off the bat, hey, this will not affect your progression. This won't, this will, you will get, like, this better armor that makes you take less damage, and, like, you, you know, you'll be more effective and more powerful. It's kind of a handicap mode, but, and, and, you, you know, you won't be locked out of anything for doing it. There's, there's literally no downside to doing this. It's just, do you want the challenge, or do you want to get through this boss fight on this difficulty setting that you've set yourself for? Whereas a lot of other games, I feel like this is a thing that some JRPGs do. If you lose a boss fight enough, they'll ask, like, hey, do you want to kick it down to easy? And I'm always like, oh, God damn it, no, I don't want to kick it down to easy. Don't ask me again. <laughs> yeah, it just makes you more angry. I it get does. It. Whereas this game, I yeah. think, it, like, presents it in such a way that is, like, so, like, non-judgmental that I actually think is really good. Especially from um, yeah. Bethesda has acquired a lot of classic shooters in the same vein of, like, a Wolfenstein and stuff like that, where the difficulties are, like, hurt me more and can I play daddy, where it's, like, kind of, like, trying to lean into the parts of that old-school 90s shooter aesthetic that aren't necessarily the parts that we needed to keep around. Yep. Whereas I think Doom does a much better job of just, like, recapturing the magic of constantly being on the move and running through demons and, you know, mitigating these battles by taking out as many as you can, worrying about your ammo, and building that up for a modern audience and a modern, like, sensibilities, whereas it kind of drops a lot of the, like, old machismo kind of boring stuff that nobody actually really wants to have around anymore. Yeah, that's very fair. I think what people want around are hell priests. Mm -hmm. Sounds like, you know, for my well, quarter. <laughs> Doom guy doesn't want hell priests around. He very much wants to kill them. Yeah. Um, I've, I've cut off two pr hell priests' heads at this point. <laughs> They seem like they suck. They seem bad. Yeah, they seem kind of shitty. It's true. Yeah. It's very true. Yeah. They are hellifying the earth. Yeah, that's not great. No. Not into that. Not into that at all. Uh, how's uh, the speed? How's the speed aspect of this game? So this is actually a thing I keep thinking about, too, because I can't tell if this is just because Doom 2016 prepared me, like Dark Souls has trained us well kind of moment, <laughs> going into like a Dark Souls 2 situation. I feel like it's slower, like, I feel like I move slower. Like, I feel like Doom Guy isn't just, like, ice skating across the ground at all times. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, um, they give you so many more abilities. I think Doom 2016 did have a double jump, but this also, this has the double jump, and it has, like, a double dash that you can do, like, just in midair or whatever. Nice. And that makes a big difference in terms of, like, just overall mobility. It maybe makes you think about when you deploy that mobility a little bit more than just ice skating, but at the same time, you know, during those short bursts, you have a ton of speed to go off of, and you're, you know, you're constantly ducking and weaving behind cover. There's no cover system in this game, such as, like, a uh, Gears of War division or anything. Yeah. Uh, instead, you're just kind of, like, trying to use the environment to, like, block off enemies and have them come at you one at a time as much as you possibly can before you, like, jump off a cliff. And then, uh, actually, one thing that it does, too, is, like, basically all the combat arenas in this game have various different things that you can use to get around them. Uh, oh, I like In that. various interesting ways. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be like, oh, here's a big blue glowing jump pad. And you, like, are, you know, running backwards and shooting a shotgun at a Revenant or something like that. And, like, oh, I'm about to get cornered, except no, I'm not, because I'm about to step on this jump pad. It's just going to launch me up, and now I'm on the second floor of this combat arena where there's six other enemies that I need to deal with, but they're not expecting me. So I get a free, you know, a couple free shots in, move on to the next thing, run the circle again, maybe take a left instead of a right that time, and just constantly stay on the move. 
while doing as much damage as you possibly can. I think the the Doom Hunter fight, especially when you fight both of them at the same time, really captures that sense well because you're constantly having to worry about getting shot by two of these big honking tank men <laughs> at different times. Yeah. So I think that's I think, the appeal yeah. for me, uh, very much so. And that's what I enjoyed so much about the first game, but it sounds like that's very much present here and maybe even more so here of just like constant momentum if not speed momentum kind of always having to move and always having to kind of be thinking on your feet and flying by the seat of your pants and when everything was going well it was like this beautiful violent uh you know kind of dance almost (laughs) around arenas and around uh, all your enemies and i think here what they've basically done is add more steps to the dance nice yeah which yeah i i can imagine being possibly overwhelming at first but maybe being more satisfying overall oh oh this game is so overwhelming in a lot of different ways. <laughs> yeah. It presents its it, it pre- presents its information very well. I think it has this just cartoonish ass. I think maybe one of the things that they saw maybe even as a complaint of the first hmm, the previous Doom <laughs> and yeah. uh, and uh, subsequent like 3D kind of exploration games like uh, Jedi Fallen Order is that you know 3D maps are hard. 3D maps sure. are fucking difficult to deal with. So they just made it the most like fucking Crayola you know 36 color box ass looking 3d map i've ever seen it looks like it looks like a thing that like shouldn't exist in a video game in 2020 i feel like video games aren't supposed to be this colorful especially like big serious first person shooters aren't supposed to be this colorful and bright and primary yeah but it's so easy to parse all that information but there is so much information because there are so many upgrade systems and so many different systems at play like you have your very basic stuff which one of the big besides the the double dash and the double jump stuff one of your big additions to your arsenal this time is the flame belch so you know in the previous doom you would constantly be shooting enemies, trying to get the right weapons on them to try to do X, Y, Z. Now you have that, plus you have the weak points, plus you have the glory kills, which was in the previous game as well, and those would give you health back. But now, on top of that, you also have this, like, kind of fourth or fifth option called the Flame Belch, which is like a shoulder-mounted flamethrower that if you attack an enemy with it, they light on fire. And it doesn't do much damage, it barely affects them, but... If you do damage and if you kill them, they, like, puke out armor shards. So you've got these two kind of health bars overlapping over each other that you can activate at different times. Because the glory kills will give you the health back, but you have to get a kill for that. You have to, like, get an enemy into that state. Whereas the flame belch is basically good to go any time that you have that off cooldown. And it's just on a cooldown, you don't have to worry about ammo or anything like that. It's like you do with the chainsaw, which is your other... Kind of one of the other pieces of the jigsaw here, which is the, the thing that uh, will instant kill most weak enemies, but they spew out a bunch of ammo instead, and that's XYZ. Um, I forget where I was maybe going with that originally, but the, I mean, the flame belch, obviously, but a lot of the options that they've added in here to take place between battles. Sure, sure. Which is to say that, like, the dash and the double jump in particular are way about platforming. Okay, that's awesome. I know a lot of people yeah. probably don't like that. I love platformers, so I'm kind of like, yes, that sounds great. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I thought you might like to hear that, because yes. especially like, especially this one. Like, this one, there are a lot of main story platforming sequences that you just have to do to progress, but this game is fucking full of... Oh, I remember what I was going to talk about now, but I'll get back to that in a second. This game is full of side areas and secrets and upgrade systems and little tokens to collect and bobbleheads. You, you yes. collect these little Funko Pops that, you know, unlock stuff on your Fortress of Doom. You un- you collect vinyl CDs or vinyl discs 
to bring back to the Fortress of Doom so you can play the original Do- like at Doom's Gate music from like like DOS ass music on yes! the Fortress of Doom while you're exploring. And a lot of those things are gated behind jumping puzzles that straight up just have like, you know how in the Bowser levels of Mario, there are those spinning flame wheel things, yeah. those like lines. Those are just in here. They just yes! have them in Doom now. Perfect. Why not? They should be. I mean, yeah. it's not like OSHA had anything to say about this game before, so it's fine. <laughs> no, exactly. You know, yeah. the OSHA doesn't exist on Mars, and now that the demons have shown up, they killed all of OSHA, so it's yeah, fine. They don't like OSHA. Demons don't like OSHA. I mean, no. like, well-known facts. Yeah, whew. we don't like to talk about that too much because, yeah, the demons very anti-union. <laughs> like, they're bad about labor laws. Seriously. But, you know, yeah, seriously. <laughs> No, yeah, but, uh, so there's a ton of platforming in here, like, and it gets pretty intense, like, the game is pretty forgiving about it, because you don't die if you fall into a pit like you did in the previous Doom, you just take damage now. Yeah. Uh, which is a huge deal, but there's all, you know, they get some pretty complex puzzles in there where it'll be like, hey, you have to shoot this green weak spot to make this wall open up so that you can jump off, do a double jump midair, then dash into it twice to get the, the length of the field over there so you can then, like, stick into the wall and spider climb on in first person on this wall, but you're on a time limit. So what you actually have to do is jump off of this platform first, then aim in midair and shoot the gate so that it opens up while you're already jumping and dashing and stuff like that. Otherwise, you're not going to have enough time to make it through. And then you get through and you get a vinyl disc or you get... Uh, Funko Pop or whatever it happens to be, and some of those are tied to upgrades, because there's 1,100 different upgrade systems in this game. There's suit upgrades, there's runes, there's weapon upgrades, there's mods, there's mods where if you mod yourself in a certain way, you know, give yourself more armor and health, If but if you put them in the same spot, they'll unlock, like, a third kind of mod that's, like, you know, faster recharge on your flame belch and stuff like that. There's so much to keep track of. I mean, it sounds uh, all-consuming in a way that normally I would find so exhausting, but right now I find this very appealing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the the moment-to-moment gameplay is, like I said earlier, so easy to just get yourself lost into. Like, mm. it's a lot It's a lot of stuff on paper, but once you're in the rhythm and once you've been playing for a couple of levels, I think, I forget if it was the PR blast that I got, the kind of review embargo sheet that explained yeah. this, or if it was the game itself where when I picked Ultraviolence, where it was like, hey, you're going to die for the first couple of times. Like, <laughs> these first couple of encounters, you're going to die some while you're still getting used to the thing. Like, we know that this is kind of a hard game. Don't feel bad about that. It's going to happen. I kind of uh, like which that. Which I thought was cool. Totally. Yeah, I kind of like that. That's pretty nice. Now, my big question as, uh, you know, Immersive Sim, uh, Miss America Immersive Sim, my mm-hmm. official name, my official title, I wonder if there's kind of room, I'm not saying this is an immersive sim, but I'm wondering if there's kind of room for different types of play styles. Like, do different weapons really kind of give you a little bit more of a, okay, this this is more my style versus, you know, going after something else. And I'm wondering if those kinds of, uh, you know, weak points play into that at all. A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, cool. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There, there are certain enemies, like the Doom Hunter is another example, because it's one of the biggest mechanics that they've introduced so far that feels like it's very specific to one weapon type, which is, like, plasma shields on enemies. Oh. There, there are, like, Hell Marines or Demon Marines. I forget what they're called in, in Doom parlance, but the kind of humanoid-looking enemies that just have normal guns that shoot at you sometimes, they're kind yeah. of fodder. They will 
bust out these kind of energy riot shields and shoot from behind cover. And the best way to beat them is to pull out your plasma rifle, which is classic Doom weapon that shoots like little balls of uh, blue energy at enemies. And if you do that enough in like quick enough succession, it overloads their shields and then they explode, killing them and doing damage to anybody who's nearby. Um, but for the weak points, if you want to, like, shoot off the re the rocket launchers on a Revenant or something like that, basically anything will work, but certain weapons will let you do it in different ways than others. The, yeah. the, the heavy cannon, which is this game's equivalent of, like, a machine gun, I think in previous Doom games it was always just called the machine gun or the, the assault rifle or something like that, but this is a very Warhammer 40,000 style thing where it's like, oh, this isn't a gun, this is a bolter. It doesn't shoot bullets. It shoots these micro-missiles that have their own, like, little interior societies of people living in them that <laughs> exist only to blow up at the end of a shot or something like that. <laughs> it's it's one of those kind of things where it's like, ah, this is an assault rifle, but we gotta call it something bigger because it's Doom. And that thing, it one of the first mods you can get for it is basically a sniper shot. And the sniper shot does huge damage to weak points. So from afar, you can snipe off a Mancubus's arm cannon or something. But if you want to, you can also just, like, turn your shotgun, your normal-ass shotgun, into full auto, get up real close, and just, like, if you can line up your shots well enough, you just, like, and rip off that arm or something like that. And, you know, the, all those those options are, are perfectly uh, open to you. And it, it does come down to... A, the game does encourage you to switch weapons pretty frequently, which is a very early, like, classic Doom kind of thing, just by virtue of the fact that your ammo is so limited very early on. Even me, who is, like, I think I have maybe one or two ammo capacity upgrades right now, I'm running out of ammo very quickly. Yeah, I've heard that from people playing. I've only, you know, just kind of seen a little bit of a, of a couple of streams, but the ammo being... Very scarce. Yeah. It's, that's interesting to me. Yeah. And, and so I think the, the kind of like the, the, you know, openness and variety of how you attack different enemies and stuff like that comes to like, how do you want to start a fight? Do you want to snipe a Mancubus from across the field or do you want to get up in their face right away and save that sniper shot for a Revenant who's going to be up in the air and attacking you that way? Do you want to save your shotgun? Do you want to go full auto with your shotgun and rip off that Mancubus's arm or do you want to save it so you can shoot grenades into a Caco Demon's mouth? Or do you want to use your grenade launcher, uh, which is just like a, on a cooldown, to shoot that Caco Demon? It's a way harder shot to make because it's less accurate than your shotgun, but... It's free. It doesn't cost any ammo. So if you can land it, good on you. You get a free kill on a Caco Demon. You know, it's nice. it's there's there's definitely some openness in that. And then on top of that, there are the mods, and the mods are you can hot swap them in the middle of a fight. But when you're first unlocking them, you have to pick and choose. So the the auto shotgun fire and the grenade launcher are mutually exclusive. You can't use both of the, both of them at the same time. So you have to make some choices around that. Yeah. Uh, and and just even for the for the immersive sim kind of thing there is an element of like how much do you want to look for the lore in this world like there are literally just these like pages of an ancient grimoire the necronomicon or whatever that explain this is what the hell priests are this is what argent denur is these are what the con makers were these are the titans that fought your mechs and you know in the arc during the first doom war or whatever the fuck it's called and that stuff is like around and there's tons of it and you can go find it and yeah. you get XP for it and, you know, various other things, but you don't have to go get it. You don't have to explore every single nook and cranny and find every little secret if you don't want to. Even though I probably will. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's me as a player. I like to look at every little thing a lot of I the think, time. 
Yeah, I think you and I are very similar in that way in a lot of games. Like, you know, you and I both play... You, obviously, way more, played way more Prey than me. But I think we we probably both played it in a very similar way. It was just like, nope, every single terminal, every single email log, yep. every little piece of paper, gotta pick it up, gotta do that. That's how I play all those games. Yeah, it's just enjoyable. Uh, I, I just enjoy the immersiveness of a world. Not even just mm-hmm. in an immersive sim, just th- that word without the, you know, proper noun implication. Yeah. Just uh-huh. <laughs> diving into something, basically, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, uh, is there anything else you wanted to, to talk about in terms of Doom and talk about in terms of, uh, you know, how you think this is going to go? How do you think people are going to find it this week? I'm kind of curious. I'm, I'm not sure what to say on that, honestly. I'm, yeah. I don't know if I've come to... Uh, going up to the release of Doom and Animal Crossing, it felt like Doom was the one that was, like, primed to fall by the wayside. Like, it seems like everybody is playing... Animal Crossing right now, but also Animal Crossing, to my understanding, I've downloaded this new one, so we'll find out how true I'm this so is. I'm so curious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it seems like it's a game that you're not necessarily supposed to play all day long. You're supposed to pick it up for like an hour or two, then come back to it later. Um, so maybe more people will be like, okay, I've played my bit of Animal Crossing for the day. I need something else to fill that time, and Persona's not out yet, so let's pick up some Doom, which is a very meaty, very big experience this time around with a lot of variety in what you can be doing and how much of it you can be playing at any given time. So, I mean, this game has a battle pass. Yeah, I saw that. So I actually weird. bought it, and I was like, not not the battle pass, but I bought the like standard edition. Yeah. It was kind of between the two, and I was just like, look, I'm just going to buy the game. If I need to get some more later, it's fine. <laughs> but yeah, so I think I think the battle pass is built into the purchase at least at the beginning. Oh, gotcha. Well, I, I just mean like the deluxe edition versus sure. you know whatever. Yeah, which comes Standard. with a bunch of skins because there's a. I have not played around with it much yet, but there is a whole multiplayer mode in here where it's like demons versus humans kind of thing. Oh. Yeah, it seems very interesting. It seems way more interesting than the just like very standard deathmatch stuff that they had in Doom 2016, which is funny to me because I don't know if you remember their marketing for Doom 2016, but it was like, they seemed very uncertain how people were going to receive that game, and they were like, no, we gotta focus on the multiplayer. Like, people are only gonna care about this multiplayer stuff. Nobody gives a shit about a single-player campaign in a video game. Like In a a Doom, right. Yeah, in a Doom. Like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck are you doing over here? You put, like, a 30-hour campaign into this thing? What, What the hell are you doing? And then it turned out that all anybody gave a shit about was the single player yeah. campaign and didn't play the multiplayer at all. Maybe that multiplayer is like super popular and I just don't know about it, but nobody I know. I, I never played it. it. I just yeah. had a really great time with, you know, I mean, also famously, I've only played two multiplayer shooters in my life. So, you know, <laughs> Fair. you know you what know they what? are. And, and Doom was probably not going to be the one that you were going to Pro- pick up, I wouldn't think. Probably not. And again, I'm not like averse to these things. It's just... Something has to look really appealing to me for me to kind of dip into something like that, just because that type of game doesn't really, uh, like, that type of gameplay doesn't always appeal to me, right? So, yeah. like, yeah, it just needs to be something a little different. <laughs> like and, Bioshock uh, 2. <laughs> well, this one, honestly, this one seems like it's maybe a little bit different, too, because it is that demons versus humans kind of mode thing where you have the abilities of various demons there is a moment in i don't want to spoil too much of it but there is a moment early on in the single player campaign of this game that is such an obvious advertisement for the demons versus humans multiplayer mode where it's just like oh okay i see what you're doing here you want people to know about this thing huh or like oh sure maybe this will think make you think boy it sure would be cool to play as a revenant you could just jetpack around and shoot rockets at a doom guy or whatever hmm that's interesting and 
maybe that's cool. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't gotten a chance to check out too much of it yet. I haven't messed around with the battle pass too much, which is all tied into like cosmetics for the multiplayer stuff. And I don't know how much that thing is going to have for legs. I feel like multiplayer shooters in particular have a really tough time these days in even a large game like this in finding long-term audiences because if you don't hit the ground running really really hard there's a knock-on effect of like well nobody's playing that game so i'm not going to play that game and i'm not going to play that game so nobody else new is playing that game which means that it's never getting more people so there's nobody else around to be around for the one person who does decide to play yeah yeah but that's just maybe my opinion on it i'm gonna play more of that i'll be on the podcast obviously i'll be on fan with continuing to talk about this and everything else i've been playing in the future here so we'll have some more updates in there once we get there but for this kind of uh initial review discussion i think uh i am enjoying the game a lot i think it falters maybe mm, falters is maybe a strong word i think it isn't necessarily catching what i loved about the doom tone right out the gate this time but i think the combat is as good as it's ever been probably certainly better than it's ever been probably and that's good that sounds fucking awesome i'm really excited uh it's you know halfway downloaded at this point very excited to play it and to see it and also to chat with you more about it as we kind of you know merrily stroll along through mm-hmm. Hellfight Earth, you know, yeah, you and me together, that's... all of us together. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. We're hand in hand, hands across America, like the, the like that very happy ending of uh you know that really <laughs> that really enjoyable feel good movie Us, you know, yeah. where everybody just holds hands at the end. That's that's the message. You know, we're, that's what we're, we're all doing. holding like you know. BFG to BFG, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's BFF a beautiful to BFG. thing. It's a beautiful thing. Oh my god. But thank you, Steven. I appreciate uh hearing all about this. I'm I'm pumped for it. I'm excited yeah. for it. Thank you for sitting down and talking to me, Daniel. Hell yeah. Do you wanna do the little thing where we just talk about, you know, other places to hear us and read us and such? Sure, let's do that. Uh I can be found on the internet at, at Steven Strum on Twitter. I am at Danielle or I on Twitter. And you can go to fanbike.com to go find all of the good articles that we write about various things, where I've also written a whole tips guide about Doom Eternal and the different things that you can do to kind of get a leg up in the game. In addition to that, you can go to iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is you get your podcasts and go give us a rate and a review. It helps a lot. And I'm not just saying that. It's because of it's, it's like real. it's a whole algorithm. Yeah, it's a real. Yeah, it's an real. algorithm thing, you know, and we don't have control over that, but you do. The power is in your hands, listener. And you can also go to Fanbyte FM on your podcatcher of choice, because that is another feed that we have that where we talk about a bunch of other stuff, like morning news, yeah. evening news. We TV have stuff? TV We're going to be putting some TV stuff in there? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of our experimental feed where we just kind of create this wall of sound. The whole FM is kind of just meant to... Uh, make this idea of a radio channel like a radio station that you're listening to that you can just find something whenever you need it and then there's fan fight f-a-n-f-y-t-e which is something you are intimately familiar with right yeah fan fight is real fun uh and so right now that feed has two different podcasts it's the fan fight podcast where myself and lb hunk tears who's the wrestling section head uh, on fan bites. Uh, we come together, we do an MMA and pro wrestling podcast. That one's super fun. And we also do a podcast called Sports Middle, 
where the whole idea was that we were in the middle of sports and sports were in the middle of our culture. And we started that show like the day before everything was canceled. Actually, while we were recording that show, I believe the NBA uh, like said they were canceling things. So yeah. we're going to get creative. We're going to get creative. We're going to, you know, do some interesting things with that show. <laughs> we're going to make some weird shit in the immortal words of... Peter Quill from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we, we mentioned a, something called Marbula One on mm-hmm. uh, this week's podcast, uh, which is a Formula One for marbles, and uh-huh. that was cool. So, hey, some some stuff like that is going to happen. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to... Life gives you lemons. You turn them into podcasts. Into poppin' pink lemonade. <laughs> oh, God. <Yeah. laughs> I almost dropped my headphones with that. <laughs> <laughs> thinking about LB's fucking thing. Everybody should go listen to Fan Fight. Yeah, that's uh, a Fan Fight thing. Go to Fan Fight to hear what that's all about. <laughs> and, and if you want to keep up to date, besides going to our website, you can also go to Fanbyte Media at Fanbyte Media on Twitter, that is, to just kind of follow our tweets on different things. You know, obviously our website is the best way to keep up with us, and just going to our homepage it helps the most. But the Twitter account, you know, if you, we all live busy lifestyles, you, you might be trapped inside. You're on social media. You need to keep up to date on what's going on next. You know, are you going to have to shoot your neighbor? Who knows? Who can say? We don't know. Are they going to get possessed by a demon? I don't know. <laughs> they might get possessed by a demon, and uh, you, you know, you got to be prepared. They might not be yeah, prepared. Totally. They might not. They might be your buddy in the you know with you. So uh, yeah, totally. Oh, I think that we can probably call it with that one, Danielle. Yeah. Thanks again for joining me. Thank for this. you. This was super fun. <laughs> I, I really like these. I really like this idea for uh, for reviews. So, yeah. Totally. Yeah, I, I love doing these. So we're going to do a lot more of them, I think. We're, we'll still have written stuff on the website, obviously. Oh, of course. We're still doing lots of writing. but uh, we all. I think been... we all came from writing uh, very much so, either first or concurrently with podcasts. So don't worry. We're always going to have words, whether you listen to them or see them or, you know, however else. It's uh, it's all good. <laughs> and whether you like it or not, truly. <laughs> whether you like it or not, we're doing all of this. <laughs> yeah, you can't stop us. Nobody has asked us to stop yet. And even well, if yet. they did, you know, <laughs> I've got selective hearing. That's right. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for sitting in on another uh, Fanbyte review podcast discussion. We will be back with the next big hot game that we want to talk about. And until then, I don't have a sign-off. Rip and tear! Until it is done. There we go. (laughs) Bye. Okay. I did change from U.S. Central to U.S. East, so maybe that's what it was. Uh, Alright, I'm recording. Fuck yeah! Oh, it's International Day of Happiness! Oh, wow. What a, what a time to be alive. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it's also international... Nope, never mind. For some reason, in my head, I thought the International Day of Happiness was on the left, and on the right was 
International Day of New Hampshire, but that doesn't make any sense. And so before I finished saying that, I read it again and realized that's not what I'd said. <laughs> I think the International Day of New Hampshire would be great. I, You know, New Hampshire's a beautiful place. Yeah. I used to go on vacation there twice a year when I was little. I've never been. It's a beautiful place. Small state, like all our states up here, but... uh. Mm. Very pretty small mountains and a very pretty, if small, seashore with that big arcade that people talk about a lot. Oh, okay. I think Sabriel went there, actually. That doesn't surprise me. Sabriel's been everywhere. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, right after PAX. I think she told me she was going there. Yeah. Yeah, she went somewhere. I didn't know where else. I think think it was Portsmouth, New Hampshire, yeah. Okay. Uh, She probably told me that and I forgot. Uh, My dog smells like pee. Why do you smell like pee? 